is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. Now, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Has someone opened the their bottle already? Hours and hours alone, not those of any other boat. No. If you're easily sure. offended, we strongly no. suggest finding a sort of toy-in with the, with the opener. Everybody okay. looking pretty. <laughs> then on with the show. In like a kung fu butterfly knife style. Started salivating. <laughs> I can open beer in my cleavage. Oh well. <laughs> we're, off, we're off to a flying stop. <laughs> See, I should time that joke so much better because I could have timed it to the audience included it, but I failed. If, if, if I wasn't recording live, I would move it slightly further forward for you. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome back. Thank you very much, dear audience and dear listeners. Uh, welcome back to another episode of This After Dark. Here in the mouse's head, I am Paul. I am Nick. I am the other Paul, Paul D. And I am Craig. Um, oh, what's my catchphrase? <laughs> that one. That's what it. Size of them clubs. Uh, I don't know. You're a complete and total smokehead. That one? No, uh, what was it? Oh, it was proper carry on as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It was It was an episode back for fudge's sake. Some wish me plums. No. That, that'll no. do for the time being. Uh, joining us. In the mouse's head, um, Ken. Hello. Hey. Hey guys. <laughs> hey Ken. Ken. Ken is proprietor of the uh, the Disney movie review. It's proprietor. Yeah. It's proprietor. The good word. I don't know. It's as good a word as any, and it's all you're going to get, gentlemen. Um, beer bump star star star. What are we drinking? Nice. I like. I like your segue there. Yeah, exactly. Um. Right, um, I, I announced before the show, I wasn't going to say it publicly because I embarrass myself enough on this podcast, but I may as well. Uh, I got a, a bottle of, uh, of nice whiskey um, by my children, not because their dad's an alcoholic-ish, uh, but anyway, um, I tried to be a real man, because I'm always 32, and, uh, and drink it neat, uh, but discovered that I'm still a pussy, and it hurts. So instead, I've still got whiskey, but I've I've now topped it up with uh, some cherry Pepsi Max. So cheers. Whiskey and cherry Pepsi Max. <laughs> cherry Pepsi Max. <laughs> Class. It's only because it's only because I didn't have any regular Pepsi Max. <laughs> I think that's I think that's in the new Spectre James Bond movie. It I think is. he goes in and says, "Oh, a whiskey." What the cherry, cherry Pepsi, Pepsi Max? <laughs> Look, the important lesson is I've learned that gin is still fine. <laughs> whiskey is just not. I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh, Mr. D or Mr. L? Uh, I'm on the uh, Copperberg. Okay. Um, not cherry, but mixed fruits, and not Max. Cheers. Cheers, Mr. L. Uh, I'm still doing Slimming World, so I'm sorry. I'm drinking tap water. Nothing wrong, Craig. Good on you, man. I've yep. got to our listeners because um, we don't normally publish photos to. Um, the feeds, the uh, this after that page or Twitter page or anything like that, uh, unless it's an embarrassing photo of me like Craig did the other week. But um, I've I've seen some pictures of Craig recently, and uh, you know you could tell me, Craig. Oh, thank you. You're looking looking damn good, man. Well, well pleased for you. 
Well, another two pounds off this week anyway. Slim and Wilbur. <sighs> Slim Good stuff, and man. There you go. It's the jingle. Is that is that is that your new jingle? Yeah. Slimming world update. Right, that you can you can like capture that after the recording, Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll put some music in the background. Nice. I, I I think that in a in a C sharp would, would be good. Ah, a bit of auto tune. Yeah, yeah. I nice. Think so. Excellent. Ken, um, would you care for a drink? Uh, I'm actually drinking sangria. Oh, I don't know. Hey. I don't know if you guys talk about sangria. Nice choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you Garcia drinks sangria? Well, normally only on sort of Balearic holidays. But you can probably get it in Mexico, can't you? Does it qualify I in the Mexico Pavilion? I think you could get it at the Mexican Pavilion. That, that, would, that would be my guess. Yeah. yeah I, I think you can. I want red wine, brandy and fruit. That, that covers most of the food groups that I'm interested in. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Well, I, I'm also at Epcot. I've gone round a bit further, and I've walked round to the Italian pavilion because I've gone for a bottle of Peroni. Ooh, well, like solid. And mm. what I didn't realise is that it's actually very nearly a litre bottle. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Whoa, hang on a second. Right. Unless this bottle's been made by Mary Poppins, at what point do you not realise it's quite a large bottle well, of beer? I realise it's quite a large <laughs> bottle, but I, I sort of turned it around expecting it to be something like 750 mil. And, and it's actually closer to 800. He must have bought it with a pair, wearing a pair of those glasses, you know, that's got, that's got a little etch on it. It says, things may appear it's, bigger. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, I, yeah, you guys can talk most. I'm going to be drinking. Uh, <laughs> and, and should anyone want to, oh, except I'm going to have to put a flake in that now. Oh dear, come on, tip the glasses. Just yeah. drink it in one, chug it. Chug it, that'll do. Uh, gentlemen, how can people find us? If they haven't already found us, otherwise the question why they're listening to us, but every podcast does this bit, so yeah. So where can they find us? Well, yeah. um, I've got to be honest, I normally take my lunch uh, between half one and somewhere between half one and three is my usual. And um, I normally go down uh, Prague Street uh, which is just off Edgware Road. So you can find me there. If you want to find how to contact the show, you can visit our website at www.disafterdark.com or you can uh, email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. Okay. I don't get an hour and a half from a lunch break. Oh, no, 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 I don't. I go somewhere between those hours. <laughs> I actually only go out for about 20 minutes, so you haven't got long to catch me. I have, I have multiple my lunch al desco yep. reading emails anyway if you're interested in finding us on twitter we're at Diz After Dark. we're also on facebook.com forward slash Diz After Dark, and you can find us on macechat.com go on craig yeah you can do the rest of it craig because you know where else we are you're, you're the so, resident social media expert we're on google plus yeah we're on tumblr Stick <laughs> <laughs> the body under the patio. Where's the lesbian? <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist it. Playing, playing with a new soundboard. Yeah, so there you go. We're everywhere. We're like Big we, Brother. Yeah, we, we, but only, only we don't actually watch you. Yeah, well, I do. 
If you follow us on Periscope, then you can actually watch us. We put on Periscope as well. Yeah, we haven't done much on Periscope the last couple of weeks. We, we tried it once and it killed our bandwidth. <laughs> I am. Um, I tell you what, actually, I might do. Um, if 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 people um, contact the Twitter and, and ask me to do it, um, I will do a Lilo and Stitch Periscope because Ooh. we noticed today. Or, sorry, my wife noticed today. <laughs> Because we got Now TV, which is Sky Movies, and we've got Netflix. Both of them have Lilo and Stitch. However, they both have different versions of Lilo and Stitch. There's one scene that was reanimated for the UK only, and Now TV has one version, and Netflix has the uncensored version. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. No, 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 I only found out today. She showed me, I couldn't believe it. I've, I've, I've investigated it, and sure enough. So, if people want to see that Periscope, contact uh, the Twitter uh, or the email, tw- yeah. Facebook. The Twitter. Just and, the, the Twitter. Yeah. The Twitter, at the Twitter, and, and let us know. And if uh, I get enough demand, i.e. more than one, then uh, then I'll do that. So there you go, so let's look forward to this. And the Twitter is at DisasterDark. That's my bet. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and that's enough discussion on that, so I'm going to kill that with an axe. We've got a guest right. here. Um, so I think it's about time we talk to the guest. Hello, Ken, again. Hey, what's up, <laughs> thank, thank you for sitting quietly in the background while we just rambled on incoherently for nothing. Um, I love hearing you guys talk. It reminds me of the Jungle Book. It really does. <laughs> the Jungle Book. <laughs> or the Jungle Book. I think, it's, I think it, reminds, it should remind you more of the Muppet Show, to be honest. <laughs> That's how we feel. Yes, exactly. Um, Right, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ken. Yeah, so I I run the DisneyMovieReview.com. I uh, basically am just a guy that loves Disney movies. I uh, started when I first saw Pinocchio in the movie theaters in 1992 um, and have really just been hooked ever since. And I went down to Disney World for the first time in... uh, and whatever, 2002, I think it was, uh, I just fell in love with the whole thing. Like, just fell in love with all of it. So that's what I've been working on. When I'm not doing that, I work at a non-profit here in North Carolina. So. I'm not going to pressure the, the nobility of working for a non-profit. I, I definitely work for a completely go-for-profit, which means <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I work for most telecommunications companies, so yeah, not said. They want as much profit as possible. Only, yeah. only we got to see it, but there we go. Um, so, the Disney movie review. In which case, yeah. I think I think we need to talk about some movies. Yeah, I'd love to talk about movies. That's, that's literally what happened is I was on the phone with my brother for like three hours talking about... Uh, I don't even remember what movie it was. I think it was Maleficent. We were talking about Maleficent, and he was just like, you should do you know, something, because you're not going to be able to talk to me for three hours each time. <laughs> well, I, the, I think the biggest bomb so far this summer has been Tomorrowland. Yeah. Does, does anyone want to give an opinion on that? Well, hang on. First, before we go back to that, because, I mean, this is a topic that comes up it's come up a few times before. So yeah. you mentioned the magic M word. Yeah. What was your personal take on Maleficent? Oh. Well, 
I I didn't like Maleficent, and the reason I didn't like it is because it changed Disney canon. I mean, you have yes. I mean, it's true. I mean, you have a couple Disney villains that you have. One is Chernabog, who they're going to be trying to make another you know live action film about, and the other is Maleficent. And these are like the two most powerful. Whenever you see something on villains, it usually has Maleficent and Chernabog. Um, and for them to take her and to say that she's actually the one that raised Sleeping Blue. And, and here's the thing, the fact that, you know, it wasn't somebody else narrating. You know, it was somebody else narrating. It wasn't Maleficent narrating, giving her side of the story of Sleeping Beauty. It's just, I don't know, there's just a lot of stuff with that movie that I really did not like. Ken, this is, this is exactly what I said a year ago. It's almost like you just listened to my soapbox. <laughs> because that's exactly what I said. And you won't, even now, even to this day, I still row with people online about this. And they're like, and they'd say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that Sleeping Beauty said it. You know, it's a film. No, you're, you're changing history as far as I'm concerned. Right, and, exactly. And the thing is, you, you've made the point like completely clear there. Had it been a case of, oh, there's two sides to every story, that would be one thing. But it was a fact that they touched, Sleeping Beauty turned around and said, this is actually what happened. What you heard before was a lie. That right. was the part of it that I thought, no, you know what? Sod you and your crappy thing. And the fact that we're now going to get Maleficent 2, yeah. Electric Boogaloo, and we're not going to get Tron 3. Yeah, I would have traded those. I would have traded Tron 3 for Maleficent 2. Like, uh, Maleficent has a bigger audience, and so I can understand why they're doing it, but I feel like they're just standing to further ruin it. Like, there's no place for Maleficent to go except being even more good than she was already perceived to be good. She could go to New York. <laughs> oh, yell up Smurfs. Yeah. The Smurfs, yeah. Or she could or she could follow in your footsteps, Ken, work for a non profit. <laughs> she could. That's yeah. that's in the phones. But I think that, you know, and, and it, you know, this segues so well because We've gone from Maleficent 2, mentioned a little bit of Tron 3, but the reason why we're not getting a Tron 3 takes us right back around to the original question, which is Tomorrowland, which, frankly, is something I think we should have covered on this show already. I don't know why we haven't. <laughs> but um, Slacking somewhere. Yeah, that must be it. Um, but yeah, I, as our guest, Ken, you, you must have seen Tomorrowland. I did. Okay. I definitely thought, yeah. I see them all. I, I work to do a Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm. So if it comes out in one of those, I've, I've seen it. So your thoughts on Tomorrowland? Well, so I love Tomorrowland, honestly. Uh, I don't know how much, I don't know, you know, if I could ruin things or if I could not. But just on, on, on the whole of it, I love the idea of this place uh, called Tomorrowland, obviously, where you know, anything's possible where the best and the brightest people go and they work to actually fix problems in the world. Like, I love seeing that and having that idea uh, be realized. Uh, I, I love the way that they told the story. My biggest beef with it, honestly, is that if you're not a Disney fan, you have absolutely no idea what's going on. And Maybe if you haven't been to Disney World or Disneyland or, or some Disney park, Disney Paris or, or wherever, like maybe if you haven't been to one of those parks, you have no idea what's going on. But I could definitely see that, 
you know, as I was watching the movie, I could see there's so many tie-ins to Disney, but if you don't get those little tie-ins, you're probably sitting there and you're probably lost. Okay. Okay. And it's quite interesting you say you're probably lost because, of course, one of the uh, the writers behind it was uh, was heavily uh, involved in Lost. Yeah. Damon yeah. Uh, Lindoff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Damon Lindelof, yeah. Uh, writer to Lost. Uh, yeah, definitely. I've never, I was never a fan of Lost, so I wasn't you, sure. You, you, say, you, know. write, you say writer for Lost, like they were actually writing it, as opposed to just making it up as they go along for Lost. Yeah, but they've still got to write it down. <laughs> still got to write it down. He was an improviser for Lost. <laughs> improviser for Lost. Yes. Yeah, I, I spit on these people. That... Lost, right? <laughs> <laughs> these people that just make it up as they go along. Yeah, yeah. yes. What, what they want to do is properly... Yeah, actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> Um, all this, all this off the cuff stuff. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, so, get, I'll get me coat. So, team, I mean, when when Disney films come out, because we've all got other commitments, we don't always get to see all of them. For example, I've still not seen Cinderella. Not that I'm losing sleep over it, but I've seen Tomorrowland. Uh, Mr. D, have you seen Tomorrowland? Yep, seen it. Yeah. Craig, you've seen Tomorrowland? Yeah, correct. Mr. Boniface, you've seen Tomorrowland? No. Yeah. No. Back to me then. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll go around in a circle. Um, I saw Tomorrowland. Um, I saw it the opening weekend, and we saw it on a Sunday morning. So it was pretty quiet in the cinema. Uh, there wasn't many people in there, but for opening weekend, I probably expected a little bit more. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a lot. I'd probably say about seven out of ten. I'd give it. Um, I, I agree with what Ken says to an extent, but I don't. I think the the opening ten minutes or so uh, are very uh, important to Disney fans, uh, especially for for people that know the history of Disney a bit as well. Um, I think that makes a lot more sense if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's nice little Easter eggs in that bit as well. Um, I don't think the film overall you need to be a massive Disney fan because to be honest I think they play about with ideas and concepts associated with parks especially I'd say Epcot but um, I think the biggest problem with Tomorrowland especially when you go back and watch the trailers now is it tells you nothing it looks very pretty but it doesn't tell you anything and I think there were some interesting ideas in there but I think it just didn't have the direction that I expected it to. And to be honest, I think the biggest disappointment is the fact that it was directed by Brad Bird, who until Tomorrowland had had big hits, uh, massive hits, you know, with The Incredibles, with uh, Ratatouille, with uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which is actually one of the better films in the franchise. And of course, The Iron Giant, you know, all brilliant films. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of success there. But Tomorrowland has really bombed. And, uh, you know, and it is because of that that um, Disney... I mean, Disney pulled the plug on the Sunday after Tomorrowland had come out before the, the box office opened. And I'm going to give a really sad statistic that in its opening day, Jurassic World, last Friday, made more on its opening day than Tomorrowland had in a month. Oh, can I, can I give you another statistic? 
Yeah. I, okay. Because that, that's really sad, but, but consider this. Tomorrowland has been out for basically a month in the U.S., right? So domestic release, basically a month. Currently, it's made $87 million. Inside Out just came out in a single weekend. Inside Out made $91 million wow. domestically in the U.S. So, like, you're talking about flopping. Like, this film didn't just flop. It It's really bad. It, it, it <laughs> took a whooping. Yeah, it's, it's, on a, it's on a belly flop, and it's really, and it's landed and stung itself quite was, quite spectacularly. Ken, what was the marketing like for it in the US? Because here, it, I don't think it was well publicised at all. No. And oh. it was strangely publicised. The, the, like Nick said, the trailers, they didn't really tell you what was going on. They didn't really hook you and make you want to see it. I mean, as a Disney fan, you wanted to see it because you knew, you knew bits and pieces of what it was about, but... If you were an average Joe public, you'd watch that trailer and think, mm, looks quite good, but, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. Was yeah, that the same it, in the US? It, it was. The marketing was pretty much exactly the same as what you guys are talking about. I mean, they still had these trailers where if you're a Disney fan, you're catching all these subtle hints. And, yep. I mean, the name of the film is Tomorrowland. And, you know, in most of the parks, they have Tomorrowland in the park. And so... You know, people, even people who say that they love Disney, some people, some of those people don't even know if Tomorrowland's a land or if it's a ride or what it is. And so I think they overestimated how much people know about Disney. Um, and when, when people went to see it and it wasn't this, you know, blockbuster like a Marvel thing or it wasn't, you know, kind of a kid film, but not entirely 100 percent appropriate at some point. But, you know, it, it didn't really know what it wanted to be. And so people weren't sure, should I go see it? Should I not go see it? What should I do? Uh, and in the end, they just stayed home because they didn't hear really good reviews about it. People were saying it was a little too preachy, which I can understand. I mean, it, in, in, it was a little too preachy, but I, I liked the message of it. How, yeah. when, when do we get inside out? Uh, we 18? get inside out. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think is it the twenty seventh of July? Something like that. I thought maybe the nineteenth. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're going to get it in time for the um, the school holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another one that the, it hasn't really been marketed over here. It won't. To be fair, though, it won't yet. It's it's too early. Oh, it's it? too early. Um, I think as the release date gets closer. To be honest, it, we're really minions heavy now. We actually get the minions movie. Uh, next Friday, which is the yeah. 28th or something of June. So we'll actually get... That's the weird thing. So you got Inside Out this weekend. Right. We get that at the end of July, but we get the Minions movie about two weeks before you do. Right. Yeah. So release dates don't don't correlate. And actually, Inside Out's opened up in a lot of markets this weekend. It's not just been America. Um, but it, traditionally... We've always had uh, a Pixar or Disney film released towards the summer holidays. So, wait a few weeks. Have you seen Inside Out yet? Have I seen it? Yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Um, Okay, before we go on that though, Craig, I want to hear your opinion of Tomorrowland. Uh, It was just a good action film, really. It was a... You get the feeling that all the highlights for all the Disney nerds like myself 
could be all put on YouTube with an explanation. If you look here, there's that. If you look there, there's the other. Because they'd all just pass you by, don't they? Mm. Too quick. You'd have to watch it again and again to, to get all the Disney nods, I think. And there wasn't a lot of the film set in Tomorrowland. There was a, a bit of a, a manky car park in Tomorrowland and um, a, a room with a portal. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Tomorrowland 2, if it was made, should be based in Tomorrowland. Yeah, ain't gonna happen, Craig. And there you go. I've got more Charles of Tron 3 happening, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's not. But Fantasyland, Fantasy the movie, looks like it's going to be good, though. <laughs> I've heard that uh, from other people saying that, you know, it wasn't enough in Tomorrowland. And to me, that was another um, Disney thing, right? Because when Walt opened Disney, it was. When Walt opened Disneyland, it was basically this thing of here's this place that's for everybody, blah, 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 uh, but it's never going to be finished. Like, as long as imagination exists in the world, this is never going to be finished. And so the way I took that is that Tomorrowland, rather than being some future as tomorrow or something like that, is a, quote, finished version of the world, but you could never actually get there. Like, you have to go through a different dimension or something to actually get there to that different dimension in the world. Uh, and so, for me, it didn't bother me so much that they weren't in Tomorrowland that often. I felt like, at the twist, when they needed to be there for that uh, part with the monitor and everything like that, I felt like they were there the right amount of time. So that's that's just me. Do you think that possibly they've taken Walt Disney's um, ideals of here is a place that will never be finished and applied that to the script? Oh, yeah, I mean, by far, uh, Brad Bird was significantly influenced by Disney in the things that he had done, especially the Epcot project, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, that what was really supposed to happen in Florida, you know, Brad Bird was really, um, you know, really impacted by that story. And that's really kind of where it grew out of, because he, he tells a story about finding a little box and having some stuff in there that talks about, you know, the World's Fair and the Epcot and all these different things. And he was, and from that, he got this idea of this pen that could transport you to this place where everything had gone right. Uh, if everything was, you know, doing really well. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, Brad Bird was definitely really influenced by what Disney did. Maybe you should have uh, listened more to Sean Finney, who we had on a few weeks ago. Um, Mr. Dolan. Well, I do wonder, you guys were talking about Damon Lindelof and Lost. Like, I do wonder how much influence he had on the script versus if Brad would have just gone and done it by himself, you know, how much, you know, hey, we need to have a twist here and, oh, we need to have this not be there. and Because, you know, that was people's main critique about Lost, that it really didn't make sense. Everything that Damien has touched recently, and that includes um, Prometheus, people have had the same complaint. So I think that answers a lot of that, that kind of question, to be completely <laughs> honest. I think a lot of it comes down to him. But Mr. Donan, what did you, what did you uh, make of tomorrow? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit um, similar to what Ken said. I thought it was, it was all over the place. Um, I did enjoy it, and I'm... I'm actually looking forward to seeing it again on DVD when it comes out. 
I thought there were some good ideas in there. I quite liked the message, although it was a little bit preachy and it was a little bit too much of George Clooney um, kind of explaining what was happening. Mm. Um, but um, enjoyed the movie. Thought it just fell in between too many different stools. You know, was it an action movie? Was it a kids movie? Was it a family movie? It just it just didn't really tick any of the boxes completely. But it was a you know good try. Seven and a half out of ten. Um, shame that uh, it wasn't a really big hit because the idea of the movie did appeal to me, and the fact that that's probably killed any franchise is uh, is a bit of a shame, really. And I think as well, what what is a shame with these kind of things is that, and I, I hate to mention it again, but you know, Ju- Jurassic World is is part of a, a continued franchise, and with Tomorrowland, it was a completely new IP. Mm. Um, you know, like it, although arguably it was based, you know, you could say it was based on Tomorrowland, or you could say it's based on Epcot. Mm. The fact is, it was uh, an original idea, just yeah. taking you know other parts of things to make it a real idea um and it's a shame that you know it's not worked but one thing and it's it's only because uh mentioned it actually that uh, reminded me of it is the fact that uh you know traveling between worlds as it were now just to just to point out to everyone that the last time that they they tried to do that uh was probably john carter Oh, and again, we know how how well that went. Yeah, you could argue it, Oz as well, I suppose, but yeah. you know, I don't care that, that film made money; it was still crap. <laughs> Any of you guys seen Jurassic World yet? Tron, Tron's a video game, by the way. Um, Jurassic World. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've I've seen that. Ken, is, has that been on your radar as well? Uh, it's been on my radar. I just haven't been able to see it yet. It, okay. The only reason I mention it is because. Um, there's a hell of a lot because obviously it's a, it's like a theme park and it's Jurassic World, and there are various scenes where it is a it is Disney World in in the Jurassic period. I, I, you, you know I what I mean? I, the monorail, I, uh, yeah. Main Street USA. I I would argue. See, I, personally, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna bring up Jurassic World too much about my feelings on it because uh, I was fishing to get an invite onto our friends, the unofficial. Universal Orlando podcast, but they haven't bothered <laughs> to get back to me. So stop well, they might know. Uh, yeah, they probably would now, now. Now they've got a free plug. But, I've never heard of them, to be honest. Huh? I've never heard of them. Never heard of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's less for other people. But um, I, I personally, um, I agree what you say, Paul. But I, I think it, it reminded me more of Sea World than than Disney World, except for yeah. the monorail. I know That's what you mean. Silly. Certainly, I mean, I think I think you're right. I think there's there's bits of various theme parks, um, but I just thought it was interesting. You know, the monorail, and then there's like a an overhead shot where you pan right up what looks like Main Street, and then there's mm. a big building at the end which looks very much like uh, well, it's not Cinderella's castle, but it, it's nice. that place of yeah. you know the uh, what do you call it? This sort of weenie that draws you in up Main Street. And then, you know, the cast members and all sorts of things. Actually, some of the cast members did remind me more of Universal than Disney. Ooh, <laughs> contentious. Come at me for that one, Lee. <laughs> what, what made me laugh was um, I've heard the critique of a lot of people when it comes to the, the actual theme park elements of the film has been this really bad advertising. Like, you, you see, like, a Starbucks uh, in the background of a mm. shot 
and you see uh, Ben and Jerry's store as well, and you see um, various stores selling merchandise and stuff like that. And I thought, no, that's that's actually a very realistic <laughs> de- depiction of a theme park. Why have you not been to a theme park recently? Because, you know, even Disney World now, we have we you know Starbucks and things like that there. Um, I actually thought it, it worked really well. I, I didn't think it was tacky product placement at all. I thought that it, there might have been some in there that was a bit tacky, but those parts of it, certainly, certainly not. Um, I've got to be honest. Um, I've seen, obviously, I saw Tomorrow, Tomorrowland. Uh, I saw Mad Max Fury Road as well, which is another uh, bit of big film this summer and saw I saw Jurassic World and yeah. you saw that on 3D did you? Yeah on 3D it's the oh, loudest it's... movie that I've ever been to see yeah like... it's, it's it's crazy isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean I still I mean it's about a month ago that I saw it and I still can't work out if it was one of the best films I've ever seen or what just one of the craziest films I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. I, it's just it just it's just a mental film I only saw it in 2D but I can imagine it was good in 3D but um, but Jurassic World so far has been my favourite film um, possibly of the year actually and it's not because it's an excellent film but it's a real summer popcorn film I really felt they tried to channel like the Spielberg um, factor what you used to get with a Spielberg film in it I mean that's not saying it was anywhere near Jurassic Park levels because it wasn't but um much better than sequels, but it, it really felt just fun. And I especially thought the, the last 20 minutes or so, I, I just grinned. And I can't remember the last time I, I literally grinned watching a film. Yeah. Okay, so I really I, enjoyed it. I've, I've heard that popcorn uh, film thing, you know, that popcorn film from, um, from a lot of people. Summer popcorn film, mm. Jurassic World, Jurassic World. What makes it different than... Age of Ultron. Um, well, I mean, t- to be fair, I've, that's one film I haven't seen this year, actually, is Age of Ultron. I, I decided to wait for that one. And that's that's another thing is, you know, maybe, and maybe what's put people off of Tomorrowland is the fact that, especially as I've got older now and I've got kids, that I can't see all the films I want to see. And, you know, I decided not to go and see The Avengers this year and to wait for it to come out on, on uh, home release because... There were other films that I wanted to see at the cinema. Should I have gone to see that over Tomorrowland? Possibly. Now I've seen it. Um, How was uh, Age of Ultron done in the box office? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, really well. uh, For a while, it had the second best record. Now it's the third best um, because Jurassic World did so unprecedentedly well that it knocked even the Avengers, the first one, out of the top spot. So not a, not yeah. a top spot, you know, yeah. you know, all, globally by all the means and everything like that, but just initial reporting that it's beating, um, it's beating uh, the Avengers and then Age of Ultron. Yeah, well, in, it was two hundred seven million, wasn't it, opening weekend? And oh. I think or two two hundred eight million, and the yeah, Avengers exactly. was two hundred five. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I think part of the problem well. from that stems from the fact that. If you're going to create some sort of computer and call it Ultron, you're asking for trouble. That's, that's, that's like having a daughter calling her Chardonnay and expecting her not to be a porn star. <laughs> if they What'd just you... called it Dave, there would have never been a bad, evil, robot computer thing. Uh, and that... Avengers, 
age of Dave doesn't sound the same, does it? And this is exactly why uh, we chose Alice for our daughter's name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we did choose Lincoln for, for our son, so who's to say? Vamp- vampire hunter. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, I mean, what makes it different? I don't know. I think, I think maybe... Um, Again, so I haven't seen it, but if I compare it to like the Avengers, to, to be honest, I wouldn't have classed the the first Avengers film as as a popcorn film. I, I don't know what it is. I think I think it might have to have the right amount of cheese, um, the right amount possibly of. It's more of a nacho movie. Though. You can't have cheese <laughs> on your popcorn. That's just messy. <laughs> no. Um... I think um, you've been down the side practice. <laughs> I'm really yeah. Now I'm struggling. Um, I'm putting in my alcohol. Uh, what does a popcorn film need? I think it needs to have that that kind of sense of cheering, like in the Avengers. I, I remember the, the 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 bit that I wanted to kind of leap up and punch in the air. Um, <laughs> shut up. Was uh, was that scene right near the end when you see the Avengers? All standing there together, ready to take on uh, the alien invasion, and you get that, that that lovely sweeping panning shot, and it's the money shot. You get to see all of the Avengers there together, ready to fight. Shut up, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of money shot. And to be honest, like Jurassic Jurassic World had a lot of those, and also I think um, because it referenced such an iconic film as well, I think that's possibly the reason why you can kind of refer it to as a, as a as a popcorn film i i don't know it's now you, now you kind of try and question it I, it's it's hard to say like when i felt but i saw it, i was like yeah that's a that's a real popcorn film and now you've asked me to explain it i'm struggling <laughs> the, the right, just the right amount of suspension of disbelief yeah yeah absolutely and that's the thing as well like uh, people are already going oh well that, you know this couldn't have happened look it's a it's a film about a park that's full of dinosaurs they've recreated from mosquito DNA. Exactly. Right. So, so already your element of suspense should be pretty shoddy. Yeah. And, you should and, be going and, into this expecting David Attenborough. And, and to make it really, really seriously but Richard, like, you know, realistic, like a film, what they need is some sort of whole backlash public movement about a film called Greenfish. <laughs> uh, uh, asking, asking for the release of the Mosasaur. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the nice guys. What can I say? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the last time I enjoyed a film like that in the summer was probably Guardians last year, actually, but even Guardians, and I loved Guardians, you know, and it made me laugh. uh, Have you watched it since though? Yeah. Oh, Oh. I've I've struggled to watch Guardians. Really? Oh, mate. I what when I, because my wife didn't want to, my wife didn't want to watch it. My wife. I had no interest in seeing it at the cinema. Even though I had Chris Pratt in it and he looked quite buff, I was surprised, but no. And after I saw it, I said to her, you know what? I actually think you'll enjoy it. I think she was getting a bit burnt out with the superhero films. She likes them, but I think, you know, there's, there's been a lot. There's been a lot over the last few years. Um, but, you know, I bought it when it, it came out in 3D and we, we stuck it on the 3D telly and that. And, and she loved it. And we, we bought it one weekend and she wanted to watch it again the following weekend and that is not something that she does she will watch films again but never like that and I think since we've since we first bought it I've I've probably watched it about three or four times with her and I think she may have seen it a couple of times with her mum so you know it, it I, I think it still stands up 
I really do. Um, but even though I enjoyed that as much as I did, Jurassic World is the first time I've sat there grinning like a Cheshire cat in quite a while. And as I said, the, the, the whole, the last 20 minutes, I just wanted to keep jumping up in the air. It was so, it was so exciting. And the audience I saw it with, opening night, were boring as hell. Lindsay went and saw it the, the night after with her mum, and she said, like, there was a round of applause at the end. So, you know, it's not going to win any Academy Awards for acting. And, you know, even Chris Pratt is not as good in this as he was as Star-Lord. But um, it just felt like a really, a really fun film. And, uh, uh, you know, much more so than Tomorrowland. Are they going to marry the Avengers films together with the um, Guardians? Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're all a part of the same universe. And that's, I, that's the biggest problem I see for Marvel uh, coming up next because... You have a couple of films uh, being, you know, Captain America Civil War 3, or Captain America 3 Civil War, uh, Black Panther, uh, Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, all these films that are coming up over the next couple of years. And you already have people who are so burnt out from all the films we've already had, you know? And so we're entering what they're calling, you know, phase three of the, you know, Marvel universe. Uh, and it's just, it, it, to me, I'm, I'm really going to be interested to see if people actually continue to go to all these films or if they're going to drop off more. Because, you know, if Ant-Man might be a telling, Ant-Man comes out here uh, in July, I think it's July 21st or 2nd or something like that. Um, but Ant-Man's going to be telling because hmm. Age of Ultron came out, you know, it never quite hit that level. It did very, very well but it never quite hit that level of the first one. And my takeaway is that people are really getting that fatigue, uh, you know, that superhero fatigue. I don't want to go see every single movie. And if you haven't seen a lot of the other movies, Age of Ultron starts to make less and less sense. Mm. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where you have a lot of more Marvel movies coming. <clears throat> you have a lot more Marvel movies coming, and... You'll, you'll, we'll have to see if people actually continue to get really excited about them and go see them because you know may or may not make sense. True, a, a, lot, a lot of the general public can't tell the difference between Marvel and DC, so to them, a superhero is a superhero. Yeah, Sp right. Spider-Man has been rebooted twice in the last ten years. Superman has been rebooted twice in the last ten years. It's yeah, I, I can see people getting. Good, another superhero. Woo, really. And this, so and this is the thing. Like, I enjoyed the first Thor, and I saw Thor two, um, and it bored me. And to be honest, the next one after that was Captain America: Winter Soldier. And even though it had good reviews, um, I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm really not that bothered. I'll catch it later. And not to be honest, right? With all these superhero films, right? When Captain America is getting his head kicked in in Winter Soldier, why doesn't he could do a wolf whistle and phone up Iron Man or the Hulk? What he needs is, is one of those seashells that they have in Anchorman. <laughs> and he needs to shout at Avengers Assemble and go... As opposed to one of those seashells they have in Demolition Man, which is not a superhero <laughs> movie. definitely not the same, same usage for that at all. I've never understood that. Um... But, that, that, but that's it. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't going to see Guardians last year. And the only reason I did, and actually I, I 
believe as well the only reason it did as well as it did was because of the word of mouth. Because the people that did go and see it said, you know what, this film's really good. It's much better than you expect it to be. Because the trailers looked interesting, but not enough for me to go, I need to see this film. And after I saw it, I was like, I understand the hype now, I get it. But even though the trailers for Ant-Man look quite interesting, there's two things that put me off. The first one is, I am just a bit burnt out. And I've loved, I grew up loving comics. And I couldn't wait for decent superhero films to be made. And I loved the first X-Men film. And, uh, you know, I was like, wow, now I can really see decent superhero films coming out not like 70s spider-man and stuff yeah i i'm i'm definitely in the camp of i'm bored of superhero movies where they're superhuman and they've got special pseudo magical powers Mm. i'm a big fan of the superhero who was human who has done the the rocketeer um i'm looking forward to the reboot of condor man yeah that's coming just after Tron 3 actually surprisingly enough Um, but that's the thing and I think I think Ken you're right I think Ant-Man will be the telling point because I mean I was really interested in Ant-Man when it was directed going to be directed by Edgar Wright as I love him as a director so when he was replaced I lost interest and and I was having this conversation with uh, my friend the other day who'd seen the trailer and he said yeah I was looking forward to Ant-Man but Paul Rudd I don't really buy it. I don't really buy it as him as a superhero. And I think that's that's the other thing as well. Although I think he will be good in the role, I can understand why people are like, really, this guy? So I, I think Ant-Man is going to be the one that, that kind of makes it or breaks it. And worryingly, guys, as well, I'm worried about Star Wars now. Because like wow, today, there's so much, well, I was talking so today, much hype about Star Wars. Well, it's not. It's, you know what? It's not that. I actually do legitimately think Abrams is going to knock it out of the park and that episode seven is going to be what we want it to be. I, I don't think it will let us down too much. But, you know, today Lindsay said to me, oh, because we were watching uh, Star Wars Rebels, it was on telly. And she said, oh, how many more Star Wars films are coming out? And I said, yeah, actually about that. And I said, because obviously we've got seven, eight and nine. They're coming out. Um, then we've got... Um, you know, the year after next, we've got uh, Rogue One or whatever it's called, um, which is going to be about the X-Wing pilots. Um, and then we've got the Boba Fett solo film and the Yoda solo film and the Han Solo solo film. Um, and then I was like thinking, yeah, you know what? That's a lot of Star Wars. And I'm gonna, I'm worried that what they're going to do is do the same thing that, that looks like they're doing in Marvel, which is just knocking out so many films. You're going to get bored. Well, you also got the fear that... I haven't heard anything about eight and nine, only seven. And they're not doing a sort of Back to the Future, filming them all at the same time, as far as I'm aware. No, they're not, no. And and yet, have they set so higher expectations on this that seven will do astonishingly, stupidly well, but but not hit budget? No, well, if, if if they've set a target for it, and for some reason, they're expecting that target to be stupidly high. No, you don't. Really... It'll, it'll no. make huge amounts of money. Oh, yeah. there's, there's no, there's no, no doubting that whatsoever. I, th- I honestly think that come December, we will see an advert with a T-Rex staring at a Millennium Falcon, going "Well played." The same <laughs> way that Marvel did that for Jurassic World this week, mm. uh, when it beat their box office record. 
I honestly think that because I, I, I can't see how Star Wars can't, if I'm honest. But as well as that, although you haven't heard much about 8 so far, and we won't hear anything about, obviously, story or anything like that, but we have a director in place. Mm. The fact they've already got a director in place and they've already started, you know, you know, the, the script is already being worked on and the production's already being worked on. Episode 8 will happen. 7, 8 and 9 will happen. Yeah. Even if 7 comes out and everyone hates it, 8 and 9 will happen. At the end of the day, look at episode 1. Who watched episode 1 and went, oh, I can't wait for episode 2? Me. The only reason you couldn't wait for episode 2 was to get the nasty taste out of your mouth of episode 1. I love episode 1. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just go back to Ant-Man. I've got to say, I mean, looking at the trailer, I, I think Ant-Man's going to be good. So I'm looking forward to seeing Ant-Man. The Thomas the Tank Engine bit's brilliant, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I think that, it, that really creased me up the first five times yeah. I saw it. Um, so even though I, I didn't go and see the second Avengers film, and you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I don't think I'm burned out with superhero movies. I think I'm burned out with a format where it's just like over the top action. You know, there's no real tension in it because you know at the end they're going to be okay, but they're just going to smash a huge it, amount of stuff up. So I'm kind of burned out with that. But what I like about Ant-Man is it does look like there's a bit of humour in there and a bit of a story and a bit of a character. Mm. Every major city in America has been demolished. I know. Where a superhero lives. If you don't get out. <laughs> yeah, be pro- careful. Property. Make sure there's no superheroes living in, uh, in Raleigh. Property values drop when a superhero moves yeah. in. Because they're usually followed by a supervillain of some nature. Yeah, it's so, worse than an oldie or a little. Look at Metropolis. It's left in Metropolis. If you were a supervillain, well, wouldn't you actually find somewhere that a superhero hadn't moved to? You're just going to go there now. Yeah. But you know what? I haven't heard of a single superhero in Detroit. I think I'm going to go there now. Super Eminem. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know I'd go that far. I certainly wouldn't move to anywhere called Gotham, that's for sure. <laughs> but Ken, um, you did mention earlier, and we, we kind of deviated away from it, but I want to turn the conversation back there, um, especially because we, we're not going to see it for a while. But Inside Out. Yeah. How so, amazing is it? So it, it's great. It's definitely one of Pixar's uh, better films. I, and, and I say that, and I, I, you know, I feel like a snob because people are like, oh my gosh, this film is amazing. This film is wonderful. This film is fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, it is. That's what Pixar does. It makes wonderful films. Like, with the exception of Cars 2, and even Cars 2 made a ton of money. Like, hmm. Their films don't do bad. Every single one of their films had has debuted at number one. Um, you know, except except for Inside Out, which recently debuted at number two. But again, it made ninety one million dollars in its first weekend, which is first of all insane for an animated movie, but also you know the most that any original idea film has made. Like no original idea film has made that in its opening weekend, and Inside Out just did that. Wow. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it's a film that kind of talks about growing up and talks about um, managing your emotions. And so it really pulls on the heart things. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys are fathers. I'm not a father, so I took a little different message away from it. Uh, I, I, for me, it's like an 8 out of 5. For people I know who have kids, it's like a 9 out of 5. Um, or a 10 out of 10. Or, sorry, 9 out of 5. What? 9 out of Man, really I, I love I love your scoring system. I mean, I sometimes <laughs> yeah. go up to eleven. But. Must be amazing for, for, for our English listeners. This is not indicative of American schooling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually might be. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, no, so for me, it's an 8 out of 10, and for other people I know, it's a 9 out of 10, uh, or a 10 out of 10, if they have kids, because it, it's very similar to Finding Nemo in the way that it kind of tugs on the heartstrings of parents, specifically. Like, the things that you see in your kids, you know, as they grow up, watching your kids' pain, you know, it just kind of, it kind of makes you a little nostalgic, a little, a little sad about, you know, them actually losing something. But for me, you know, for not having kids, I watch it as, oh yeah, that's stuff that happened in my past and I don't have that stuff anymore. And I'm kind of nostalgic about it, but I don't really feel it, I think, as intensely as someone like my brother who has a daughter who's three and right now has an imaginary friend and all these things. And they deal with like an imaginary friend in this, in this, uh, movie so you know it it's gonna make you cry if you go in expecting not to cry like you're gonna be disappointed because it's going to make you cry that's, that's what pixar does well and, and in the end you're just gonna walk out having a good time with a good movie i mean i walked out smiling i i, I think as disney fans we've all reached ages where we've got an imaginary friend as is called craig <laughs> mine's called the pop singer yeah i miss that guy <laughs> oh, there he is. Did anyone else hear him? Was it just me? Propping up the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. He's, he's, a super, he's a superhero, the pub singer. Marvel wants to get wants to get on that one. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, Inside Out comes with a short film called Lava. Um, and for that, I really was not a fan. Like, I was not Ooh. a fan of Lava. Yeah. Uh, did you guys, uh, I guess, have you guys seen Cinderella? Anyone seen Cinderella? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay, so kind of like the short there, Frozen Fever, where they're singing every single thing. Right. Like, and, you know, I'm a Disney movie guy. I like songs in, in films, but this one, Frozen Fever, Lava, it's, it's too much to me. Uh, my brother, on the other hand, he loved it, but... You know, it's the sort of thing the that gets you punched in the face at work for singing every line. <laughs> I, um, yeah, especially if you work in McDonald's. Um, I, I didn't, I, I didn't see Cinderella, but I did see Frozen Fever because uh, I've got a two-year-old that's obsessed with uh, with Frozen, so we we managed to find a, a version of it for her to watch, and I hate it. I loved it. I, uh, I just thought it was a really poor cash-in. It was a great. It was like a song that was just the greatest hits of the film Frozen, yeah. right? Like all the all the comedy punchlines were from the first film. I just didn't feel like anything original, and I didn't. I also wasn't a big fan of the song. Didn't hate it, but when I first heard it, I didn't immediately go, "Oh right, okay, I can see this is going to be a classic." Like we watched Frozen um, before the major hype had happened with all the songs and you know let it go was heard everywhere so when we saw it for the first time i was like yeah i could you know this is a big song i, I can see it's doing really well and uh, a few of the other songs i thought were pretty good as well but yeah i wasn't i wasn't really a fan of this one at all so 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 ken have you got an all-time favorite disney movie great question thank you <laughs> In the back of the net. <laughs> no, they're all like my children. I can't, you know. No. Um, the Scotsman just puts like in the back of the net. That never <laughs> Doesn't the Scottish football does? Though? Hockey. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We stand corrected. We get beaten by it. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so mine is Beauty and the Beast. Like Beauty and the Beast, good. That film is to me almost perfect. Uh, I'm really nervous about them doing the live action version of Beauty and the Beast now uh-huh. because I like Beauty and the Beast so much. But I mean, it's it's honestly, it's not just me. I, I that film was the first film ever to be nominated, a first animated film to be ever nominated for a best picture. And that's what people are saying Inside Out will do again. It'll be nominated for Best Picture uh, at the Oscars. But, uh, you know, for Beauty and the Beast, it, the story arc and the way Belle is just so independent and the changes Beast has to make and the way Gaston, like, just goes in the songs and the voice acting and the animation. I mean, almost everything about that film is just so perfect um the cliche answer of course is the lion king um which you know it's just disney's crown jewel before frozen um but you know i i i'm a huge fan of beauty and the beast and all right so so the next question then is out of the films they haven't made a live action version or aren't planning on it so far what do you want to see as a live action Either from the animated versions or from a ride in a park somewhere. Oh, great questions. Wait, so what What do I want to see as a ride? As a, as a live action film. Oh, as a live action film. Oh. Yeah, like Autopia the movie, there's one you could have. <laughs> <laughs> With George Clooney just driving around very, very slowly. Two cars and they're on a track. You know what I'd love to see as a, as a live action movie? If I take a ride, it'd be the um, the Jungle Cruise. Like, I don't know why. That always I really like the Jungle Cruise for some reason. That that is that that is almost everyone's answer as well. But it's I think great. it's because it's yeah, we yeah, need to see it. I think that's it. I think I think it's because the, the reason why it's such a good answer is because yeah. it's one of those rides where you think actually, could you see it expanded into a two hour film? Absolutely. Yes. Boat, boat goes on the wrong, you know, boat is doing a cruise, turns the wrong way at a cross path, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by all these crazy animals. It, it would be like Curse of the Black Pearl. There'd be so many single nods to it in the first film. The yeah. the half a crash plane, the shrunken Ned. Yeah. Get the Jeep to turn over. Oh, absolutely. A, Someone climbing up a tree with, I think he got the point in a Bond delivered style. <laughs> I st- I, I, I've got to be honest, I still want the Magic Kingdom film to happen. I don't think it will do now, but I thought that was a really good concept. Yeah. You know, I almost feel like, I don't know if you guys have heard of that series, Kingdom Keepers. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Rid- well, Ridley, I was going to say Ridley Scott, Ridley Pearson. <laughs> yes, Ridley yeah. Pearson, yep. Yeah, I, I feel like that is actually going to potentially become a movie. I, I don't... Mm. That could be Harry Potter. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. Like, it already has an audience. People are already reading it and things like that. And plus, you have Universal having Harry Potter over there. Disney's probably far more focused on Star Wars and potentially opening a, a Star Wars land or Star Wars park or whatever. Um, but I, I would love to see, you know, a Kingdom Keepers oh, movie. I mean, oh, absolutely. Could you imagine that once they've done that, it's like, and we're now going to do a Kingdom Keepers overlay to the park. Yeah, yeah. there it goes. It's done. But then, but that, I mean, that's that was essentially what the Magic Kingdom uh, film was was going to be. 
I mean, I, I, I heard about the concept of the Magic Kingdom film that John Favreau was supposed to do just after he made the first Iron Man. So that was about 2008, nine, something like that. And then the Kingdom Keepers books came out and it was almost identical. So I'm not sure which one was inspired by first, uh, but obviously the concept was there. But yeah, I, I can't understand why they have not done this yet. It must be, you know, like they own the IPs already. John Favreau's great, but I couldn't watch it after watching Swingers. Oh, it's money. It's money, baby. What are you talking about? It's all money. It just wouldn't be the same. Besides, like, he's, he's, he's proven he he's, can direct decent films, and he can also direct Iron Man 2, so he's not perfect, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, but if I had to choose an animated film, for some reason I'm on this, like, animal kick right now, and if I had to choose an animated film to be in live action, I'd either choose Oliver and Company or The Rescuers. Kind of a blend between The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under. But it's live action? What about Toy Story as a live action movie? Ah, that'd be yeah. freaky to me. That'd just be, that'd just be nightmares. Sure. Yeah. But who's, okay, but who are you going to have play Buzz Lightyear? Tim oh, Allen. George Clooney. Oh, he did that in Gravity, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Sandra Bullock. I think we've already like proved from this show that George Clooney is not the answer to our problems. <laughs> when Jesus, I, th- I believe he was going to be casting Tron for Abe just before they cancelled it. So there you go. Nespresso the movie. That's his next one. <laughs> Ocean's fourteen. Yeah, so that's it. Get get uh, Jean de Jardin to uh, to appear in some more films. He's oh, good. Uh, as, so, so so next superheroes we need to see that are not. Of the same same universe. When's the Banana Man movie coming out? Why are you joking about that? I know I'm not. I know that's that's actually happening. I know it's happening. Banana okay. Man. Oh. Banana Man. Yeah. Uh, he won't be crossing over into the Marvel universe, unfortunately. But wait, the Banana Man? What what yes. are you guys talking about? I guess. Um, yeah, we have. We, we'll put it this way: British, Ken. a British animated cartoon series. Yeah. About YouTube. Eric. YouTube is going to be your friend tonight. <laughs> you're going to discover Banana Man and you're going to love it. A small boy who gets superpowers every time he eats a banana. As opposed to Popeye's spinach. It's bananas. Hey, and if you like that, Ken, there's another one you can check out. Another British uh, production. Super Gran. Super Gran? Yeah, she's like a Gran, but she's super. <laughs> and I, I, look, the thing is, like, I know you're thinking, oh, you crazy English people, because we are, but... This, this is stuff that we, we were made to watch and we accepted as being completely fine uh, and completely acceptable to watch. It was only as we got older and, and our brains developed that we realised the absolute dross. Because we didn't know any better. Exactly. I'm, waiting, I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for Renner Ghost the movie. Classic. Well, you know, you know that, was, that was almost going to happen. That was another film that was almost going to happen. Russell Brand. There's Tim, oh, Timothy Claypole. That's right. Yeah. Oh, crap. But don't worry, it's not happening because he, he's Thank gone nuts, God. isn't he? So oh, that's yeah. all right. So, um, are we, uh, we going to do some alphabet soup? Uh, well, no, I think we'll have to save B for next show because we're an hour in now. Ah! <laughs> B for bye. We're not going to do B? I have to be ready. Oh, no. Well, well, in that case, I think it's no, only a- fair... Let's have our get. Even if we don't do our bees, we can do no, our bees no, next show. Okay. But let's do our guest no bee. 
I can't do it either. I, 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 I'm about fairness. No one can do that. I'm going to do it either. I'm good with that. There's nothing fair we do on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Making it up as you go. Dear listener. Yes. Um, that's kind of it. Oh no. I've killed it with an axe. (laughs) Oh. So, so we we got on an axe murderer. The axe man cometh. We've got a couple of shout outs, I think. Far away. Oh no, we've got one. Oh, just the one then. <laughs> <laughs> Our Fair resident uh, book reviewer or book reviewer, Gen Peas. I'll try and do it in the sexy Gen Peas voice. It's impossible. This should be interesting. I'm driving through Chicago on the way home. Give me a shout out and I'd like to say hi and happy Father's Day. Boop, boop, be doo. How was that? Well, the, the, the boot, the boot, the... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you with that. The, the, uh, until the boot booby do, I was repulsed, but you kind of, you kind of swung it back in right at the last minute, so... You had me yeah. at boop boopy do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's your show title. Um, oh, I'm, I'm gutty, Ken. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you run out of time. Oh, what, are you doing ne- what are you doing next yeah. Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Part two. Too much talk about movies. We, we should really have a guest on and just actually do our show. <laughs> nah, why bother? No, that's not what we're tuning for. Our show's generally boring, that's why you have guests. <laughs> and of course, if you've got suggestions for guests, you can of course contact us on uh, our website, www.disasterdark.com, or you can email us at podcast at disasterdark.com. Or on Twitter, as we mentioned earlier, at disasterdark, facebook.com forward slash disasterdark. And macechat.com. And I'll just put my beer down because I haven't quite finished it. Uh, yeah, and everything else. Whatever. You'll find us here because you're listening to us. I've lost track completely. Cetera, etc. Cetera. By the way, Poet to put his beer down to say, yeah, I've got I've no got, idea. I've got no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about anymore. I'm probably getting the shush noise. What's this? What's this? Name this tune. Big in America as well, Danger Mouse, you know. And and, and yeah. there is a film on the horizon for Danger Mouse as well. Yep. Wow. But on, on that note, thank you very much, Ken, for joining us. Thanks, Ken. Hey, oh, oh Ken, do you want to just do a quick plug before yeah. you before you go? Yeah. How very polite of you. So what now? A go plug. On, plug away. Oh, a plug. Oh, yeah. No, sure. Um, after you're done listening to Diz After Dark, please swing by the DisneyMovieReview.com or on Twitter at DSNY Movie Review or on Facebook, Disney Movie Review or on Google Plus, Disney Movie Review and uh, talk about Disney movies with me. And is it true you periscope all the films you go and see? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not supposed to mention that on air. Woo, woo. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's under wraps right now. Yeah. And that knock on the door was. <laughs> no, Ken, thank you very much for joining us. And, and yeah, Craig, Craig, remember to put those in the show notes because I'm slack. I will. I'll um, I'll do everything yet. Yeah. Oh, so, so just a normal week for Craig yeah. then. He can do everything. And I'll, I'll just stop the recording. We, t- we turn up and yak for an hour, and Craig makes it all all worthwhile for everyone else. Fantastic. Thanks, Craig. Brilliant. Well, in that case, um, I hit this button. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Dis After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. 
I need a Wii. That was two liters of beer. <laughs> in and out. I think we should replace this with Banana Man's theme tune next week. I'm going to have to find it, aren't I? Or Super Grand's. Actually, Super Grand's theme tune was much better than the TV show. If anyone can find it for me and send me a link, that'd be great. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. And we're clear.